Welcome to Consider This Question. We are on the second of six weeks of podcasts that are being done on the subjects we're covering on Sunday morning, all inspired by Matthew chapter 19. As we journey through the entire book of Matthew, we've set aside these six weeks to focus on what we're calling from the beginning. We started with biblical manhood last week, had tremendous response to that subject. This week we're talking about biblical womanhood, and so we expect to uh, continue to hear a lot of great feedback and a whole lot of questions about how we're being challenged to live as Christians, both as men and women, and what that looks like and what it means. So we hope you enjoy. Welcome to Consider This Question. We are starting a new series this Sunday on the question regarding uh, biblical manhood and womanhood. But uh, before we actually do that, we're going to be spending some time here in the studio uh, preparing our hearts and minds um, to kind of deal with each of these topics. And so today we're in the studio. We're going to be actually recording both of them back-to-back, um, releasing both of them back-to-back uh, -back on the question about manhood and womanhood. Uh, in the studio on this particular session, I've got uh, Ryan Vincent in our adult discipleship area, uh, Kelsey Spear, who works in our college area, and then Morgan, who works in our family ministry area, who is in the middle of a kind of a transition that we're excited about here at the church. But uh, two guys, two girls discussing, two men, two women discussing a really important topic, uh, which is, uh, for this one, womanhood. Uh, and then again, from Matthew 19, we're dealing with the question about from the beginning. So looking at that God has a, a very specific purpose for us. But uh, the first question I want to jump in on, and I'm going to begin with you, uh, you, you two young ladies. Um, what does it mean to be a woman? And I, I want to kind of look at it from today's culture. So I'm not just looking for, um, hey, what's the right answer? What does it mean to be a woman from the biblical perspective, but more from the cultural perspective um, as two women, what pressures do you feel? How do you feel culture kind of sets you up uh, to understand yourself and to understand um, particularly um, your gender? Well, I think that there's been a cultural swing in the past uh, 50 to 60 years, um, starting with uh, on one end of the spectrum, there's kind of this cookie-cutter woman uh, that people have in mind. And I think right now we're on the opposite end of the spectrum and there is no formation of what a woman should look like. And it ultimately comes from uh, self-identity or self-actualization or how you feel or um, what strengths you have and what you don't. And so um, I think culture is right now very relativistic um, and it ultimately is a choice. I would agree with that. <clears throat> I think that strength has become a woman's word oh at least from what I've seen in my life it has become a bigger deal talking about how you should be a strong woman and women are strong and this is what that looks like um and it, that's been pushed all over the place like mm -hmm. like what you were saying Kelsey it hasn't been and so staying at home with your kids makes you strong I've heard that you're a strong woman if that's what you do. You're a strong woman if you if you work full time. You're a strong woman if you speak. <laughs> You're a strong woman if you own your own practice. You're a strong woman if, woman if you become the president of the United States, right? I mean, you, you've mm -hmm. I've heard that over and over again. Um, I think even in the idea of, um, like if you look at something as simple as commercials, if you look in something as simple as commercials that you see, we, we hear about, um, 
running like a running like a girl. It's like you hear about these ideas or you hear about Dove, like what it means to be a woman and to mm. show who you are. Yeah. And these brands that are taking this idea of women have been misrepresented. Mm. And so this is who they actually are. And I think strength's a big thing that's coming out of that. I think you should be strong. I think you should be in leadership of some form mm -hmm. or another. That seems to be another big idea yeah. of somehow that was not the case um, in the world's mm -hmm. eyes uh, 50 years ago. And so I just think you're right. I think we went from maybe having the wrong cookie cutter mm -hmm. of what a woman should be to having no cookie to having cutter. no cookie cutter. <laughs> and so it's like I don't have yeah. any idea of what I'm mm -hmm. supposed to do other than I get to decide for myself. For the sake of the for the sake of the, the listeners. Kelsey, how old are you? I'm 21. So 21. I'm figuring out womanhood at the same time I'm figuring out like normal humanhood. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'll tell you, here's the interesting part. She said, you know, I believe in the last 50 years. I'm thinking, oh, okay, that's what made me think about, okay, mm -hmm. we should probably tell everybody exactly how old you <laughs> are. Alive 50 years ago. Morgan, you're not 21, but you're still on the young side of life. Mm -hmm. So how old are you? I'm 28. 28. Um, and so this is from a 21 and a 28-year-old's perspective. In terms of like what it means to be a woman, mm -hmm. and I really, I really think you guys um, appear to describe it. Morgan, I kind of I want to piggyback off this a little bit because you made the comment um, previously in a meeting uh, that one of the one of the one of the most frustrating things for you is that after you're done preaching, that particularly women, but not just women actually, mm -hmm. so resonate with you in terms of your gender that they mm -hmm. want to come up and. Congrats! Talk, talk, instead of me just repeating what you what you shared, mm -hmm. tell me about what what happens and kind of even what maybe either frustrates you or disappoints with how people view you as a someone who's communicating the gospel. Yeah. So because there's a lot of kind of controversy sometimes over women's roles, and there's not a lot of study that seem people seem to do of it, and they get confused. Um, there, I have people come up to me and they'll say, man, I, you, I just am so glad that you preached today because you're a woman. Um, I just, or I think it's awesome that you preached today. And the, the, what, what they're saying is I think it's awesome that you preached because you're a woman. Mm -hmm. um, I do think God has gifted when, men and women to communicate differently. And I think that's a blessing. And I think it allows us to hear the gospel mm -hmm. um, in a more full picture and complete picture by mm -hmm. listening to different people. But um, if you're just happy that I'm a woman, then you miss the point of the message. I'm not as concerned as Kmal would say. I'm not as concerned with the role of, of women as I am with the cause of Christ. And you're yeah. missing that in the message because all you can mm -hmm. see is, wow, isn't it cool that a woman is up there? And in fact, even in, I'm going to preach in a couple of weeks on this issue of womanhood. And it's funny because even some of the people I've told, um, I'm just, it's just normal for me. You know, I'm just like, well, I'm just, I'm studying on this because I'm going to be talking about it in a couple of weeks. And you mean in big church? Like on stage? That's awesome. I'm going to have to tell so-and-so. I'm going to have to send it to so-and-so. I'm going to have to listen. And it's never, it's like, okay, well, if I speak the truth, please do that. I mean, I'm glad that you're passionate about that, the truth, you know. But if it's just because I'm a woman's voice, yeah. my voice is slightly higher usually. Mm -hmm. Right now I'm sick, but slightly <laughs> higher than Jim's, then it's not then you're you're just missing it yeah. you know um, it's, it becomes more of a you go girl mm -hmm. instead yeah. of preach the gospel it's like the first lens yeah. that people view you through in our culture that yeah. is your ultimate identity yeah mm -hmm. well isn't this isn't this the strange um and then the male voice step then <laughs> yeah <laughs> but isn't this the strange inconsistency and, I, and i'd love to hear your perspectives on this that um 
Like I, I observe society going to great lengths to downplay any differences between the genders, mm. mm-hmm. to to say that there is effectively no um, no difference in terms of role or or however that might play out between men and women, except when women excel, then we want to champion them <laughs> as excellent women, and then then we'll start to describe okay. a gender difference again, and and it's just a, it's a fascinating inconsistency, and I and I'd love to hear one or both of you comment on kind of do do people pressure you to say to uh, to kind of hold to this belief that men and women are equal in in every single way uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and give you the the truth that Sunnybrook affirms is that we are all equal in value and worth mm, absolutely but will they downplay will they will they say that there's so much equality that there's effectively no difference between men and mm-hmm. women and then get thrilled to death when Morgan preaches not because of the the sermon was good which it is but because it's a woman doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I would say yes. Mm-hmm. They do say that we're equal in all areas. And one of the ways that it's most, I think, distinctively not true and obviously not true is physically. We're not actually, like, to, yeah, I, I can struggle, op- and this is going to sound silly, I can struggle opening a pickle jar and I naturally <laughs> go find a man in my house to do that. Not my, not my, I don't go to my mom. I go to my dad first. Right. And, um, and he shatters it cause he doesn't understand he doesn't how strong know. he is. He's a huge <laughs> man with the big hands. Yeah. So, but, um, I think of, I just keep going back in my head to that. There was a commercial very popular that came out with the Super Bowl, I believe. And it was, um, run like a girl, bat like a girl, um, you play ball like a girl, right? Sandlot goes back to that quote. And it's this idea of, and it shows people, it shows girls, as that's the whole point of the commercial, kind of flimsy running. And they say, well, why did, how did you learn that that's what it meant to run like a girl? And then they ask these younger girls to do it. Mm-hmm. And they haven't been told by the culture that they're less than. And so they run and they look really fast and they jump and they jump really high and yada 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 but it's not you know a girl it gets to be in a dunk contest and she's gonna win it because she can get to the rim and a guy can actually do some acrobatic move and it's better but he's not gonna win it because he's not a woman and so it's kind of a weird um in fact i even heard on the on the presidential debate a couple weeks ago um hillary and i don't and i have no preference for you to vote for vote for whoever you want but for hillary one of the things she kind of attacked trump with is she she said you said something against women and and the way she worded it is she said you said women women shouldn't get equal pay unless they produce equal work and i'm like well duh i mean like (laughs) i don't understand this idea of like so you want them to be able to work and not do as much but then get equal pay and it doesn't even make sense. It was this, she was just trying to play off this idea of you're going against women somehow when it's not recognizing that actually there are some differences in, but, um, among us, and that's an okay thing. It's okay for NBA to be more popular than the WNBA. That's okay for people to enjoy watching men do a sport more than women doing a sport. I mean, that's okay. Like, it's not – it doesn't have to be a certain – I don't know. I think that's one of I think that's one of the typical ways I've seen that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Men do run differently <laughs> than women. I mean, like, is that a big deal? Do we have to run the same? Do we have to be just as fast as one another? Should I, you know, there's a, what is that? There's a new TV show that just came out mm-hmm. about it's make believe. It's about the first 
female pitcher in the major leagues. Yeah. I don't know if you guys saw that. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. like all these, it's all over the place all the time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's interesting. There's this hyper sensitivity, I think, right now to um, gender. And um, like, kind of like you said, like, while we all should be considered equal in value, right now, I think that there's a push in our generation to. Um, go above and beyond to pursue making our roles the same. And so you see a lot of women, um, I think, operating outside of um, their natural gifts and abilities with them personally just to make a point that I can do this too, or just to make a point that um, you know a, a woman can do this, which, yes, is true, but sometimes it goes beyond their natural gifts and abilities just to make the political statement. So, and again, one of the things we're not trying to do is we're not trying to say, hey, we found two young women who speak the same attitude that all women have or even mm-hmm. should have, right? Mm-hmm. Kelsey's free to speak her opinion. Um, mm-hmm. Morgan's going to speak her, hers. Ryan's going to speak his. I'm going to speak mine. So as you're listening to this, I want you to be aware of the fact that this is Kelsey's view of things and this mm-hmm. is Morgan's view of things. And I, I would argue that you 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 speak for many women mm-hmm. that I know that we don't hear very often, which is that I want to be, even when Morgan was describing, I thought this was really good, they celebrate the strength, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or they celebrate the womanness, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And you're saying is, I'm, I'm, I'm for both of those things, yes. just not at the expense of mm-hmm. yeah. an equality that doesn't recognize difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that I'm, I'm wanting to be understood and appreciated as a woman who really can do a lot more than 50 years ago, maybe someone would have either thought or created me. So I, I'm even grateful for, mm-hmm. I hear you saying this, I'm even yeah. grateful for a lot of the advances that we have made culturally and in the church. Absolutely. I just don't know if I believe everything that my culture is telling me about what it means to be a woman. So there's parts that I'm grateful for. There's parts that I see. I'm not trying to roll back the clock to 1952. Um, that That's going to bring its own problems, but it actually even might bring some some relief as well. It's just, it's complicated. Mm-hmm. And I love to even remind people, since we can't go back in time, it's kind of a silly adventure anyway. Mm-hmm. We, we can't reverse this. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I like that. I like that kind of that kind of culture. We're not just here to bash culture. We're not just yeah. here to say, man, culture's got it all wrong. No, they got some things right. And then sometimes to lift up women and to keep lifting them up and to keep lifting them up and keep lifting them up, sometimes we can take it to a wrong spot. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great, that's a great reminder. Um, so let me ask you, so let me ask you this. Um, when it comes to, uh, when it comes to how we approach this particular topic, what advice would you give to women as they approach it? So if culture has kind of set the direction or the agenda in that way, what advice would you give? Morgan? I would. Um, I have a lot of things on this t- on this part. Um, because if you're talking about, I- I'm, ass- I'm going to assume here that I'm talking to someone who wants to seek um, the biblical response to what we should be believing. And so when I'm speaking to you, you're the audience I'm going to choose to speak to right now, <clears throat> is I would challenge you to whenever you go and study scripture and passages in Genesis, passages in Proverbs, passages in Timothy, um, all kind of all over the place, really, that you allow the text to pursue its own agenda and you don't force the text to pursue your agenda. And so you're going to have to take a big dose of humility and say, I'm going to go into this and I'm going to discover what the text is saying what scripture is saying and I'm going to allow my mind to be changed if it needs to be changed or I'm going to allow my my perceptions to be affirmed if they're going to be affirmed Mm -hmm. um and I think that you have to have that mindset 
whenever you're going to begin to study this in scripture or you're going to always try or you're going to always end up finding what you want to find because you can do that with just about any topic and I think um, specifically as a woman because you are a woman it can be tempting to go in and you're trying to figure out something about yourself and you can very easily take this what Kelsey referenced at the beginning this idea and culture of self-actualization I'm searching for myself and you can go in and find what you want to find about yourself mm-hmm. or you can go in and you can discover who God has told you to be and who mm-hmm. God has created you to be so I think humility is a big deal allowing the text to speak for itself I see people do this in a lot of books on womanhood they take specific words like woman or female <clears throat> and then they can form a lot about that one specific word and why I do think original like word studies are very important in Greek and in Hebrew I think that um you can't base an entire idea of what mm-hmm. an entire philosophy on this idea of womanhood based on one word I think you really when I'm talking about the, letting the text win essentially is I'm talking about understanding the author's intended meaning around that word what's he what's he trying to get across what kind of what kind of genre of scripture is this is it is it wis, it's it proverbs where it's wisdom literature or are we in a narrative um, in Genesis. So I think that you need to really understand that before you just pick out something and post it on your wall in your bedroom to make yourself feel better about yourself. Um, <laughs> so I would really challenge you to do that. Um, you know, yeah, anyways, I would really challenge you to do that. She laughs about fear of the future. Mm-hmm. I see that on a lot of girls' walls right now. <clears throat> um, it's on mine in my bedroom, by the way, you know, but it, you have to understand things in their context. So I would challenge you to do that. Um, when you're talking with other people, about this issue. Um, I think as a godly woman, the more that you are in any sort of leadership role, whether it's with a mother to your own daughters, whether it's a Sunday school teacher, whether it's a small group leader, whether um, no matter the role you're in, a table group leader, a host to people here in the church and within the church community, I think women want to know this and it's a genuine question they have. Who am I? How am I supposed to operate? What does the Bible really say about this? Because there is a bunch of really skewed perspectives. Mm -hmm. And I get that question a lot. And they expect me to know because I'm in a leadership position. And so I think anytime that you're in one, just know this question is going to come up. And I would really challenge you to just like I think Jim would say with other issues like politics, or something like that. If someone has a different opinion than you and a different perspective than you, it's not worth sacrificing this relationship um, and becoming unchristlike, ungodlike because I have this process. opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I'm not going to attack you. I'm going to listen. I'm going to give my perspective. I'm not. Go- I don't believe having the wrong. I, I, I might change my mind later. This is Morgan's perspective. I don't believe having the wrong perception of women necessarily. I don't think that's a salvation issue. So um, I just I'll free you. you I'll free to, you from that. Thank you. I just think you need to be careful that you're not. It's not. A, I'm. It's, this is not a hill I'm going to die on with anybody. It's yeah. just not. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sacrifice a relationship I have with somebody because of their view on womanhood. Mm-hmm. So that's just a. I think you need to know that and preserve a godly perspective. Okay. Um, can I? Sorry. Can I give you one more? No. Kelsey, wait, 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 please well, one more. Just one. I, I promise you, you'll get a chance. Are you going to take Kelsey? I mean, does Kelsey get any of these? Well, okay. Okay, sure. no, 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 no. Okay. I mean, because I, I promise you. Go no, ahead, but I'm serious. Kelsey. Like I promise, I promise you'll get a chance to to okay. give. I promise you'll get okay. a chance to say it. All right. Kelsey. Um, what I was just going to say is, I think that right now there's this. Um, 
I said, kind of this obsession with what does it mean to be a man and what does it mean to be a woman? And I think those are great questions to ask as a Christian, but by no means do I think that they are the most important question to ask being a Christian. And I think that our generation um, is just, like I said, hypersensitive to that question. And I actually wrote down a quote by Kevin DeYoung um, from a book, Whole in Our Holiness. One of the central motivations for holiness in the New Testament is to be who you are, to understand your identity and your union in Christ and to live that way. And uh, I think it's important to never let your, I don't know, uh, this pursuit of womanhood to outweigh your pursuit of being a follower of Jesus. Because I think when you're following Jesus and you are seeking him, uh, if you are a woman, natural womanhood will, will follow suit and natural manhood will follow suit. Um, and so rather than asking, I think, you know, um, what does it mean to be a woman? I think it's important to ask, what does it mean to be a follower of Christ as a woman? Um, and I think that that can clear up a lot of just how important is this question and how do we balance it with culture? Um, so that's all I was going to say. No, no, I love it. I, <laughs> I love, love it. that too. Love it. Okay, that's awesome. we're good. My only last warning would be <clears throat> to be really, I can see people not getting, I can see people in our church, especially becoming more heated over a mm. role of a woman mm-hmm. and a specific type of role, especially I, I see this a lot with, am I awesome for staying home with my kids? Am I awesome for being at work? Those are the typical places I see it, if I'm going to be honest, mm-hmm. the most. Yeah. And um, I would just really challenge you to be careful that you are not just being self-righteous because you stay at home full time with your children mm-hmm. or you are not being self-righteous because you work full time or you're not being self-righteous. It's not a self-seeking, um, what about me? I'm doing this right. I would really, really caution you. You have no idea the circumstances of somebody else's mm-hmm. situation and the motives of somebody else and what they're doing and the way God's gifted them as a woman. And so I would just really caution you to be careful not to make those judgments with one another um, in, in the body. So that's one of my things. No, I love that. I love that because it's interesting. That's, I like how those two actually dovetail together yeah. because, you know, Kelsey's challenging um, us to look at kind of the overarching issues of who we are in Christ first. And that kind of fights against self-righteousness, mm-hmm. which is kind of what you're telling Morgan. Um, and I like how you're dealing with both sides of it. Okay, great. You stayed home. I totally get the value of that. Okay, you decided to follow God's path in a different way. Okay, I, 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 I see that. Um, so as that happens, how do you avoid not losing uh, another very central attribute of being a follower of Jesus Christ, which is humility and a righteousness that we find in Jesus and not in kind of our own workings and our own our own accomplishments? And so I really like how those two ideas, you know, kind of dovetail um, dovetail together. Um, last yesterday, last night in our Wednesday night study, I taught Paul tells Timothy, "Do not let people look down on you because you are young." But in, and then he lists, in speech and in conduct and life and in In faith and in purity. Yeah. So, you know, I'm going to kind of give our audience this. So we have a 21-year-old and a 27-year-old speaking. And for those of you that might be, oh, you know, they're young women. Wait till they get a little older. Wait till they have daughters. Wait till they, yeah, but uh, again, I'm going to challenge you guys. Don't let people look down on you because of your youth. What you are saying lines up with scripture. And I would say, you guys are going to have an incredible, you already do. You already have so many young women that are looking up to you. And I would even say older women who are looking up to you. And I can honestly tell you that the two of you have been very, this is going to sound like I'm overstating it. I'm really not like inspirational 
Um, because what inspires me is anyone who puts Christ above anything. Mm-hmm. And when I see the two of you women do that, or when I see those who are, and then you can pick whatever kind of marginalized group, and the, and the sad truth within mm-hmm. society is is that every group has been marginalized. Yeah. And um, I, I promise you, it might ha- maybe it hasn't happened yet to the full extent to white males, but give us three, 4,000 years, and <laughs> should Christ tarry? No, but seriously, yeah. should Christ tarry? Then, it, I mean, it, it, it don't expect that this will always stay the same way. It may not. And I hope that no matter what, that we have... In K. Mall's words, we the cause of Christ is what matters the most. And to hear you women describe that is truly inspirational. So here's what I want to end with. And uh, and then I'm going to kind of ask Ryan to kind of not wrap it up, but to kind of deal with some of this. My last the last kind of major question I want to ask you guys, Kelsey, I'll start with you this time. Um, I, I want you to answer, where, where do you believe the church has gotten some of this right? And then maybe give me one example of that, and then give me another example of where the church has got this wrong, and then I'll ask Morgan to do the same thing. Where has the church gotten women women's roles right? Or and not just women's roles, women's like identity. Mm-hmm. Um, where have we got it right? Where have we got it wrong? I think kind of what I mentioned earlier is just um, teaching women, where they've gotten it wrong is that uh, teaching women that the most important thing to be is a woman, and the most important thing to be um, is, uh, and the funny thing is, is like a lot of times those, uh, that kind of just has a bad connotation, um, in the church. And, um, I would say where it's gotten right and where I feel encouraged and where I've been taught is that ultimately, um, my, my calling in life is to be pursuing Christ and to be pursuing holiness. And if that means, um, if that means, um, being strong, <laughs> if that means mm-hmm. um, being hospitable, if that means speaking truth, all of those callings are in the Bible and they trump um, gender roles, <laughs> if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, not just women's roles, but yeah. all gender roles. Gender roles, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it's it's Hannah, you know, it's people, you can even mm-hmm. go to people in Esther. the Bible. <laughs> yeah, they are yeah. awesome, and the, but they're not God, yeah. and this is why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And so... Um, I would say where the church has gotten it right is by encouraging women to follow the Lord and to fear the Lord. Proverbs thirty-one thirty. you know, woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And I think about um, women in my life who look drastically different than me. Um, my table host leader um, teaches karate, and I could not do that for the life of me. <laughs> you know, and she and I are get along so well, but we are both women of the Lord. And what the similarity is is that we're both fearing the Lord. And because we're fearing the Lord, we can look different in our giftings, in our abilities, um, and still be pursuing holiness at the same time. Yeah. So it's not diversity for diversity's sake, right. but it's just kind of seeing how diversity naturally happens. Yeah. Okay. Morgan, where was the church got it right? Where's the church got it wrong? I think I've seen and heard about um, the church getting it wrong when there was some different things, whenever it wasn't biblical, basically. Um, but I've seen that happen the, the, um, the majority of the time by saying something along the lines of um, a man is the authority. And so we think because the man is a leader of the house um, that he's the ultimate authority. And I think hmm. he is the authority of the home. Yes. Yep. Um, but the ultimate authority is Christ is God and his word. And I think that if a man is is expecting things and commanding things of a woman in the home or of a woman in the church or anybody that he has power over really, um, 
with his you know, ability to lead that God's called him to. But if he's asking them to do ungodly things and things that go against the word of God, and we have affirmed that because he's a man, mm-hmm. then they, we've gotten that wrong. Mm-hmm. One yes. of the common things we hear um, when we're talking to women, specifically a lot of times has to do with husbands, but husbands that want their wives to do things that aren't that aren't godly and, and glorifying to God, whether it's sexually, whether it's um, the way, what they're going to do or not do with their money, whether it's wh- it, whatever it might be. And they're abusing mm-hmm. their power as the leader of the home yeah. by claiming that they are a man. Exactly. And so I think I've also heard people say, no, the only way that you can have a relationship to God is through your spe- through your husband. Like he is your... Um, Almost your mediator. Yeah, like which your is, priest. Be careful you are about to say this, but yeah, yeah it's mediator. <laughs> yeah. And um, I just think that 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 is where we ha- we have definitely gotten it wrong. Mm-hmm. And I have seen women disobey God because they thought that to obey God was to obey their husband, and their husband wanted them to disobey God. Yeah. And that wreaks so much havoc and so much brokenness. And that's that's one of the things that can cause a swing to the opposite oh, men are bad, and now I have to be my own authority, and I yeah. have to be in charge of myself, and that's also wrong. And those things are – so actually, with poor leadership of men, I've seen us get it wrong. Yeah. Um, Where have we gotten it right? I've seen us get it right in good leadership of men, <laughs> but I would say um, I w- I've seen us get it wrong in poor leadership that's unbiblical. I've seen us get it right in good leadership that ex- is ex- biblical. Ex- explain what you mean by that. Um, okay, my dad – whenever people go up to my dad and talk about his ability to lead within the church and how awesome it is or his kids doing something great, the way that he can look at my mom and point to my mom Hmm. and lift her up as a partner in that, the way that he submits to my mom and listens to her and leads her well, the way that he loves God more than her, the way that he keeps God central in our family, um, the way that he serves our family, that would be an example of me seeing us get it right. Uh, grandfathers and you and, and Vincent and Steve, I mean, people in this room that I've watched be be biblical, biblically what God has called men to be and how that has made me a better woman for hmm. the Lord. See, now that's I interesting because we're, we're, we're talking about how we get it right. <laughs> and that's kind of a really interesting perspective <laughs> is that Morgan finds greater understanding and peace by the other Half. Gender, mm-hmm. right? The other half, absolutely, doing it well. Which yeah. I, I, we don't hear that enough. That's a great, that's a great, helpful point. Yeah. Even an encouraging point yeah. and a challenging point as a man to, to hear. Yeah, I mean, I just think I am, who I am in the Lord today. Um, a, a big reason of that is because I have the men around me that I have that have told have freed me to be the woman in the Lord that I am today. So. You know, it's interesting. That's a big deal. I mean, Morgan really is. I mean, Brian, tell me if I'm crazy, but Morgan makes it enjoyable to do ministry and to watch her do it and to do it well. Like, I, I really want to cheer her on. And <laughs> um, and honestly, the reason I'll, I'll just share this and then, Ryan, you, you chime in. But one of the reasons I root, I root for both of you, okay, is because I want other women to look at you because I think you get Jesus right. And that's why I like to lift you up. So it's not, yay, look at Morgan. But no, there, there's a side of that which I can even appreciate. Like one of the reasons why I love hearing you women do well or at the other day at the table, Kelsey, you stood up and you kind of rallied the charge. And I thought, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody do that so well. Mm-hmm. I was excited that there were women in that room that were able to look at you and identify mm-hmm. in, in, in one way, partly, I think I could do that. Sometimes there can be a difference. 
in, um, some women really need a woman to be doing something and modeling something for them to see themselves. And others, not so much. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. I can watch a great woman communicator and it inspires me to be a better communicator. Okay. So that I would even say is more my personality. Yeah. And there are others, not so much. And I love watching you women thrive at what you do for the glory of God and do it so well. And I, I just think, man, this is what, what, what a great example. Ryan, um, thoughts in terms of where the church has gotten this right, where the church has gotten this wrong? or um, I can probably answer both with um, one of the things that I notice most often is um, a carelessness with our speech on these, on these subjects. Mm. Um, and typically, and, that, and I'm guilty of this, uh, maybe not in this area, but I, I like to um, exaggerate and overstate um, and to use blanket generalities to describe complicated issues. Um, so when the issue of leadership comes up, say, say let's, let's go to husband and wife, leadership in the home and submission. Um, when these issues come up, our, our initial kind of gut reaction is to go to the extremes of both. Leadership by force, by abuse, by tyranny. Submission um, by force or submission almost like unwillfully doing something. Mm -hmm. um, but when we talk like that, it does a severe disservice. Morgan and Kelsey have both done a great job of continuing to call us back to the scriptures and how they describe these things. And um, when we use generalities, we do a deep disservice to the way Bible talks about leadership. Bible talks about leadership as service, as humility, as lowering oneself to care for others. It's not domineering. It's not, I don't rule with the authority of Christ in my home in, yep. in the sense that he is a king. Like I don't, I don't I, uh, if anything, he's a servant king and that, and that I can find a model. And um, there is a, Ephesians 5 describes a Christ-like love that produces holiness. So if, if my leadership in my home doesn't sanctify my wife, doesn't make her more like Jesus, then it's not biblical leadership. It's it's the kind of the, the the problem you were describing, Morgan. It's it's just an abuse of power. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I think when we when we when we throw these words up, um, he is the head of the home, and she is only to submit to him. Well, you can say things that are technically true, but what are the assumptions that underlie the way that you're describing them? Mm -hmm. And we do the same thing, I think, when we discuss history, because a lot of our current um, understandings of gender and gender roles and gender identity are in reaction to something or in response to something yeah, else. Yeah, they're a polemic against. It is. Yeah. And I think that we've done a poor job, maybe in the church and, and outside of the church as well, of dis accurately describing history. And so when was the most oppressive time for women's? Well, the 1950s. I mean, have you watched Mad Men? <laughs> yeah. We do this. I have uh, not actually watched Mad Men, but... Okay. Well, I'm not necessarily recommending it. No, it I'm not a, saying that you are. I'm it just, paints a picture. I just, I thought, you know, for the record. It paints a picture. Yes, it um, does. And we, I've and heard, we go, I've heard, I haven't seen the picture, but I've heard of the picture. <laughs> Whatever. Okay, yeah. But we do this. We, 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 we generalize when things were good, when things were bad. We generalize the mm -hmm. status of things now. Yeah. We don't get anything right when we speak in generalities. Um, our adult ministry team here actually has two um, young ladies interning with us. And so they're working mostly with Diane and Paul and myself. And, and I got to have a great conversation with them yesterday because they both kind of have a ministry mindset and they both are, are thinking about going into full-time ministry, whatever that might look like. And they've, they both struggle with this idea that like of the role of a woman in ministry. 
and uh, and in many ways, I think that they struggle with parsing the difference between generalities and specific truths. Wow. And so it was fun to even help them go in and understand like Paul's instructions about women in church. Um, and I just said, well, maybe like, like let's sit, let's actually open this up and dig a little bit beneath the surface. Isn't it fascinating that we generalize Paul as pushing women down, as holding them down, as telling them to just hold their tongues and know their place when actually he does some brilliant things to lift up the, the status of a woman in the mm. ancient society. Luke, the gospel writer and the writer of the book of Acts, does masterful things to describe how when Jesus comes in and describes the kingdom of God at work, that it elevates the status of women and it recognizes the image of God in them. The, it, and, but we can so quickly not read it and just talk about the Bible and its, its oppression over women. And, you know, one of the things that is so critical for us to recognize is that even when we say those things about Jesus or Paul or Luke, um, the, they weren't they weren't on a female agenda. They weren't feminists. No. And they weren't chauvinists. No. They were men and a man God, Jesus, who was just pursuing God's way mm-hmm. in the world. Yes. And so yep. sometimes when we hear about that, we're like, yes, Paul was a defender of women. No, actually, Paul was a defender of the truth, and the truth defends women. Exactly. And you need to remember that, that Jesus was the way and the truth in the life, and therefore Jesus provides a way and the truth. And that is where we find kind of the peace. Mm-hmm. Um, we're near the end, but there's no way I can let a man kind of <laughs> have the final word. So Morgan and then Kelsey, final thoughts? I would just say, um, and that's where I think that we can rejoice in mm-hmm. our differences with mm-hmm. men mm-hmm. And, our, and, and the gender that God has given mm-hmm. us, that we can speak the gospel and what can come out of our lives and our differences um, through the truth and the word Um, sanctifying it right that um, glory can be given to God and so when you're talking about how there is it you you can watch Kelsey get up and you're like wow some women do need to see that yeah yeah and the beauty of that is that like if those women see that and it helps them be a better follower of Christ then he is glorified Mm -hmm. in that and that is something I can rejoice and that's something I can get really excited (laughs) about and so if someone wants to come up to me after I speak and that's what they're passionate about like they want to I want to talk to you later about Jesus because I can relate yeah. to you as a woman, that's then awesome. I am all about that. And I feel like, yes, that's God using me. And I am mm-hmm. fully alive in him because he's glorified in me. Mm-hmm. So that's, good. that's what I would say. Kels? I don't know. I think you guys wrapped it up pretty well. But I might say just uh, <laughs> it's important to remember that cultivating an environment where you can um, pursue holiness is ultimately what is going to give you Um, biblical womanhood and biblical manhood Mm. and is going to give you the right perspective on what it means to be a man and what it means to be a woman Mm -hmm. Um, and so when we talk about fighting these um, stereotypes or these misperceptions in our culture it's a lot less important I think to figure out um, what what is man and (laughs) what is woman and a lot more important to just figure out um, who is God and how can I be holy (laughs) and and before we end can, I know this is different, cause, but since we are girls, can we maybe sing away? Do, no, just do, <laughs> do, do what we suggest. Since, I mean, can, you like, can, I, can I just pray for our listeners, please, to close us today? I know we don't usually do that. Wow. As I don't long think as we're allowed to say no. I tried to imagine Ryan and I going, we are not praying for <laughs> yeah. No, I love it. Morgan, okay, what, what, pray, pray, pray us out. <clears throat> 
Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for creating men and women in your image. And thank you for the way that you allow us to sharpen one another and to come together and to bring glory and honor to your name. And that whenever we do those things that you are given glory and we're able to get a more full picture of who you are. Um, I just think that's so awesome. Or I just want to pray for the women or the men that are listening to this podcast. Um, all the faces that come to my mind, especially of this Sunnybrook community, Lord, um, of women that need to be encouraged um, and men that need to be encouraged um, and who you created them to be. And so, Lord, I just pray that your spirit takes hold of them, that you are glorified um, through what we've said. Um, and that if you're not, that you just take these words and let it go in one ear and, and out the other for them. Lord, um, we thank you so much for the for the community you've given us with one another. Amen. Amen.